three off from the red corner, your weekly MMA podcast coming to you from the Tailgate Sports Blog. Isn't that right, Ed? That is right. I'm going to talk to you this week. We're going to recap, unfortunately, the Cyril Gan Jarzinho Rosenstrike fight card this weekend. I'm not a casual fan, but even for me, it was just tough to watch. Like, you thought this main event was going to deliver two new contenders for the title at heavyweight. It just didn't. It, it didn't. Cyril Gan literally just did what he needed to do to win the fight. Like, Jarzinho Rosenstruck, he knew he was losing the fight the entire time. Did nothing to come forward. Did nothing. Tried nothing to finish the fight. It was just... I don't know, dude. I don't know where the UFC goes from here with these two. Yeah, Gon won. Yeah, he's, I think, 8-0 overall now. But I don't know what happens with these two. Like, I don't know. I think they don't stink. Like, they're not bad fighters, dude. Well, they're in the UFC for a reason. Right. They're scary dudes. Like, they've proven they're scary fucking dudes. But, like, I just don't know. Like, like, do you think that performance warrants a title shot? And if I'm John Jones... Sitting there moving up to heavyweight, I'm like, yeah, these guys are top six guys? I'm going to wipe out the fucking division. I mean, uh, John Jones is just, he, he's, that, that's the whole purpose of him moving up, though. Right, he's just built different, dude. And anybody who wants to say, like, he doesn't deserve an immediate title shot, this completely proves he does. Whoever wins the Stipe Ngannou fight at the end of March, March 27th, Jones is going to get him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand that he's moving up a division. or, or Correct? He's moving up, yes. right? Yeah. So, like, it, it kind of goes with the same thing with, like, captains on new teams. They don't deserve the A right away. Moving up a division doesn't deserve, like, a, a title shot right away. But this has been, a, what you said, a weak heavyweight division? Oh, very. Very. So... And he, he's who who's better to market the division? Right, and he's basically cleaned out the fucking light heavyweight division. He's fought everyone except for the title, the 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 guy who holds the belt right now, Vlahovic. But like, I don't know, dude. Uh, the Jimmy Rivera Pedro Munoz fight was a fucking war at bantamweight. Munoz was killing Rivera with leg kicks, like murdering him with leg kicks, calf kicks, and Rivera's leg was just purple. He could barely stand towards the end of the fight, but this kid was still swinging, looking for the knockout. It was so fun to watch, and that was literally, for me, the only bright spot on the card. There was a knockout. There was a knockout early on the prelims. I can't think of who it was. The kid was a contender series alum. It was it was a short fight, good knockout. He deserves credit, but that's pretty much it. Nobody put on a performance really worthwhile, and I hate saying that because I'm not, I'm not a fighter, dude. I'm never going to be a fighter. So it's tough for me to sit here and knock these guys for going into the cage and punching each other in the face. Yeah. Like, this is a... This is really like a... And, and for lack of a better term, a victimless crime. Right. Yeah, Ronnie Lawrence knocked out Vince Cachero. That's literally the only finish on the entire fight card. And... So I like, thought the main event was going to, or the co-main event between Ekolayov and Krylov was going to be good. That was not good. Um, Caceres, Alex Caceres fought Kevin Kroom, and Caceres looked like, this is like a new Alex Caceres. He looked really effing good. And I don't know, I never, I hate to say it, I never really was a huge fan of Caceres, because he's made some statements before where he sounds kind of like a douchebag. 
Like, he was on a podcast before where he talked about, like, he can't wait till he retires. So this was well before Trump, well before any of this, where he can't wait till he retires because he hates living in America and how shitty it is here in America. And it's just, it was just a weird thing to randomly say. Yeah, I mean... I get it. You're entitled to your opinion, but it was just strange. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't personally say that. No, I love it here. I, yeah, like, it's a good place to be. It's all right. Know? It's, I mean... But those are comments. Those are like they keep to yourself. It, it was kind of like a "Hey, listen to what I have to say" thing. Yeah, that seems like he's trying to make any publicity at this point. Yeah, it was just strange. Like, but yeah, Rivera Munoz obviously fight of the night. These dudes, just, they were throwing absolute fucking bombs, like bombs, and it was incredible to watch because they're both Rivera. He fought in Utica. He main evented in Utica against Marais. And Marais knocked him out. And, like, since then, Rivera really hasn't been the same, but he's, he's slowly building himself back up, building himself back up. And this shows, like, I wouldn't say right now he's a contender for the belt in the division, but he's a top-ten guy in the division easily. Like, he fucking stood in there with Munoz like no other. Now, how many people are in each division? A lot. A lot. Ranking, ranking start at one, uh, 15. 15? So, so they rank the top 15 guys. This is... By the way, guys, this is for me. This is gonna be like an educational podcast for Ed today. We're gonna to be. I, I'm. I don't know. Sorry, dude. I, I'm done with the fight card this past weekend. I couldn't. Yeah, like you said, it was boring. It was what one knockout. Every other one went to distance. Well, I'm pretty sure. And I said last week, like we're gonna see fireworks in the main event. We saw fucking snakes and sparklers. Like yeah. I felt like I was Joe Dirt. Like now, here's my question about that. Yeah, let's, let's like, learn you. So, like, I understand knockouts are exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, Mike Tyson did one in 10 seconds, and everyone was upset when they were getting a beer at that time. Mm -hmm. But doesn't a fight that goes the distance also seem a little exciting? Yes, it can, but this wasn't. Okay, so these were all just this was like, this was defensive like, fight after defensive fight. Yeah, this it wasn't was, a slugfest. This was almost like Gon controlled the cage. He had Rosenstruck against the fence, which, you know, you do what you got to do to win. And, like, yeah, a lot of times, fuck style points. Who gives a shit? You won the fight. You got out of there unscathed. Good for you. Okay. Because, like I said, Rosenstruck has proven he's a fucking killer. Like, absolute killer. But then again, then you see fights like this. You see his fight against Francis Ngannou, where he got knocked out like, 30 seconds violently. And it's just like, I don't know where the heavyweight division goes from here. Obviously... Like I said, you got Stipe, you got Ngannou fighting for the title at the end of the month. You got Jones, who's probably going to be next for the belt. Then what? Like I said, I wrote the blog about it. In my opinion, there's three dudes you look at for who's next after that. And you got to say Cyril Gan because dudes 8-0. Dudes beat some big names. You got to say Alexander Volkov coming off that big win over Overeem where he just, like, outstruck him, which Overeem, Overeem's a... 40-something-year-old kickboxer who's just been doing this forever, and he's just a machine. Like, he's built like a Greek guy. Okay. And he he just beat over him, like, bad. Like, bad. Just I beat mean, him up the entire fight. Safe to say, really, any anybody competing in a professional level at 40-something years old is... Yeah, he's a different breed. Yeah, he's, he's, a, different he's breed. a different breed. I mean, I when, when, when did he start in the UFC? Oh, shit. Long time ago. Long time ago. He, he, he was a latecomer to the UFC because my, he fought in a K1. He fought in Pride. He fought all over the place. Then he finally made his way to the UFC. He wants to get another crack at the title. And at this point, after that Volkov loss, it's going to be fucking tough for him to get that. But, like I said, the heavyweight division kind of stinks right now. 
I mean, the, the actually, it's I shouldn't. From my perspective, from my perspective, I know John Jones from hearing him, and I've never really watched the sport. So I, the fact that I know who John Jones is means he's probably the most marketable person. Second, in 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 the heavyweight. Well, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. To me, he's, this he's is building up too. John Jones is getting the title. Well, the thing with John Jones is he's that guy. You either hate him or you love him. That's it. There's no in between. I have no feelings on the guy. Which is I'm funny I say him. that because I don't. I like John Jones the fighter. I'm not sure if I. I don't know John Jones a person from what I've seen. I don't know if I like John Jones a person. I mean, from the stories I've heard from ESPN and CBS Sports and all these other sports channels, is John Jones has. Uh, a problem. He's been suspended a couple times, hasn't he? John Jones. Nobody loves John Jones more than John Jones. I mean, yeah, but we say that a lot about a lot of people. Right. Well, that's how like, high does his how high how high is his arrogance level? It's high. It's high. It's very high. So, like, when you say nobody loves John Jones more than John Jones, are we talking here possibly the most arrogant person in UFC? No, we got Connor, buddy. Yeah, like. Con- but Connor, Connor's is like a lovable arrogance. Like John Jones, like he just says shit. I'm like, dude, this kind guy's kind of a dickhead. I, a dickhead who could fucking murder me. I confuse. I could easily confuse Connor McGregor's arrogance for self confidence. Yes. I could. Like, and maybe he maybe, masks it. He. You know, I don't. I can't tell if Connor's arrogance is self confidence or vice versa. And it's tough to say that about John Jones too, because John Jones he's, he's undefeated. He's undefeated. Like, yeah, like it's. Yes, in my opinion, there are fights I believe he lost, but the judges didn't see it that way. And that's his what first fight against Alexander Gustafsson. Jesus, I firmly believe he definitely lost that fight. Judges gave him the nod. I thought he lost the fight to Dominic Reyes. His Actually, his last his last title fight. I, I thought he lost the fight to Raz. They gave it to Jones. But that happens, you know, and I, you can't blame him for that. No, no. At that point, that's judges. That's the UFC making their decision. Right. On who they feel deserves the belt. Right. It's not It's not his fault for winning a close decision. Like, it just is what it is. Yeah. But going back to the top three, I said Gon, Volkov, and our guy. My balls is hot, Derek. Yes, I was about to ask about him. Why? Why? Because that dude could stop a train with what he throws. Just, just from his last fight, which is the first fight I've seen him. Mm-hmm. That what was it? An uppercut. Uppercut. He what's his name? Curtis Blade shot, and you could tell you didn't watch the fight, but you could tell through the fight he was waiting. He was waiting for that chance. He's like, waiting for the chance when he came in and shot and shot and shot because that's what Curtis Blade does, and then he just unleashed hell on him. That that knockout punch that I witnessed was not just technique, but it also felt like he watched tape. Yo, well, yeah, dude, but like, like you don't have to stuff. watch tape on Curtis Blades. That's what he does. He he's a for the heavyweight division. It's weird to see a wrestler, so like he ground and pounds people, and he's not. He's not your standard wrestler who's boring. Like he he will he will get on top of you and just unleash <coughs> fierce elbows and it's disgusting. It it just seems to me that that Derek Lewis is 
by far the second most marketable. That's what I was gonna say. You want to talk marketable? That motherfucker's marketable. He's he, and it's a very close one. And too, he he he's, what he, was the, he's lovable. When too. you showed me his when you showed me his face the first time, I what was the thing I said? Is that the my balls is hot guy? Dude, he's great. And then you showed me the Ronda Rousey, where's your fine ass at? Oh, dude, he's so good. Where's Ronda Rousey's fine ass at? He's yeah, at. like... Literally, literally moments after he knocked out Ronda Rousey's fiancé at the time. They're married now, but at the time, her fiancé. Like, viciously. I mean, just off of personality alone, like, I've never heard John Jones really speak. I've just heard about his... Outside of the, the octagon, outside of the gym life, which involves substance abuse, where he's a been lot. suspended. Yeah, dude. I don't know what it was. Was it cocaine? When he got suspended? Yeah. Or was well, the first time, the first time he got suspended, I'm pretty sure it was the car accident. He got he uh, hit and ran. Uh, a, a pregnant woman ended up breaking her arm. Oh fuck. Yeah, and he he admitted he did cocaine. I don't know if he still does cocaine. But that's his thing. Like, he always talks about, like, the weekend before fights, I'm pretty sure he goes out and just gets fucking crazy and wasted. Like, dude, what do you... And the thing is, how fucking good could he be if he stopped that shit? Yeah, he'd be... He would already have the heavyweight title belt around his, Fuck, around his waist. Like, like if he stopped the dumb shit, dude, you're already talking... People already t- t- call him the GOAT. Like, dude, it'd be hands down, he's the GOAT. Yeah, but, like, he... I, I firmly believe these suspensions are asterisks on that title. Because on top of being the well, GOAT, there's to, a responsibility of being the GOAT. Well, you have to, too, because he got he didn't just get suspended for coke. He got suspended for PEDs before, too. Yeah. Anytime somebody's suspended for PEDs, there's, there's that talk. And we're not talking baseball here where you still have to make contact with the ball. You still have to be a contact hitter mm-hmm. where to, to where the PEDs can take effect. Right. You... It's much easier to throw a punch than to hit a baseball, where PEDs are a difference maker in my mind. Oh, 100%. I, that's no contest. Like, yeah. That's not even close. You know, so I, I believe that there is an asterisk behind John Jones. I hope he could shake it off. I mean, he seems... He's still young, dude. He's still like 31 years old. Yeah, he seems like a great fighter. In a te- you know, seems like he's he knows... What, obviously, he knows what he's doing. Right. And he doesn't seem like a great fighter. He is a great fighter. But we'll stop talking about that. Heavyweight division, I, I don't know. Big fights, big fights talked about this week. We got a flyweight title fight in the women's division, UFC 261, April 21st. Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade. Valentina Shevchenko, outside of maybe Amanda Nunes right now, is probably the scariest woman in the UFC. And, like, she is just, a, like, again, she's just a world beater. She's good everywhere, dude. She'll wrestle you. She'll kick your fucking face into the first row. Like, she's unreal, dude. Unreal. But Andrade just got knockout power, too. Like, she's shown it before, but is she going to show it against Shevchenko? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she, she's the former champ at, uh, I was at 115, I think. Yeah, 115. And uh, <clears throat> draw it. She knocked out Rose Namajunas by just slamming her on her fucking head. But prior to that, Namajunas controlled the entire fight. Peppered her, danced around her, jab, jab, jab. She controlled the fight. And they rematched. Namajunas won the fight. 
She can, same thing, controlled it. On the feet, stood with her, pounded her, like, yeah. Shevchenko can easily beat Andrade, but I think this was easily the fight to make. I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those, I think you might see something where maybe Andrade stands tall for a round, but I think Shevchenko, I I think Shevchenko ultimately wins this fight and remains the 135 champ. Or 135, Jesus. 125. She's just, I don't know, she's just a different animal. She's so good. Her only two losses, I think, in the last, I don't know how many years, is against Amanda Nunes, who's the GOAT. She's the greatest women's fighter of all time. And it's just going to be super difficult for somebody to knock Shevchenko off because she's just, again, she's a freak, like an absolute freak, scary. Uh, From my knowledge, this women's, the women's division just seems like... Like you mentioned Amanda Nunez, and that's really the only one on the division that I know. She's so fucking good, dude. And like with that being said, it seems like every couple years there's a new women's go. Nunez, Nunez is the go. Like for a while there. People was thought Rousey. people people thought oh, yeah she killed Rousey. Yeah, and then who else? Who who's uh, Holly Holmes was the next one. Holly Holmes. Yeah. The problem with Holmes was, I think she jumped in way too quick after the Rousey fight. She should have never fought Misha Tate. Because the Misha Tate fight, she was winning the entire fight, and then Misha Tate cho- choked her out in the fifth round. Well, yeah, like, uh, how much time was in between that fight? A couple months, right? I don't know if it was a couple months. It wasn't long. Plus, they were trying to get her to rematch Rousey, and that's what they were waiting for Rousey, but Holm didn't want to wait, so she took on Tate, which fucking balls on her. But, like, and uh, that's not me saying, Holly Holm's still a fucking beast. Like, she's still a top dog in these divisions. But... But like the only the only name I've consistently heard in the past, I'll call it four or five years, is Amanda Nunez. She's so good, dude. Like she's like another Rousey, one who's scary. She's just scary, dude. Like Rousey jumped ship to the WWE. Here's the thing with Rousey, and I'll say it with her. Rousey believed her own hype. I don't think, honestly, looking at it now, what Ronda Rousey did for women's MMA, huge, 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 and people should thank her for that. But I don't even think she's a top five women's fighter of all time. See, that's the thing is I have to put her there because I know three of them. I think the problem is with her is she was the best of a bad situation in the women's divisions. And you know what? Like, like you said, I if there is a Hall of Fame, I think Rousey should be in it for what she did. I think she's already in. Is she? I'm pretty sure she just got in last year. Yeah. So last year or two years ago, I don't give a shit. She's another one, dude. She's kind. Of, I don't know. She's. I, I'm never gonna get her on an interview. I don't give a shit. She's kind of an asshole. Oh, I bet. She's like, like I, I just hear that she when she lost the belt, like she talked about this and that. She blamed the media. She no, dude. You should blame your fucking coach, bro, because you were fighting these tomato cans and knocking them out, and you thought your striking was great, and then you got into a fight with a kickboxer, fucking boxer like Holly Holm, and she kicked your head off. Like a real fighter. Right. Like, it, like you fought Betch Cahaya the fight before, and I think Cahaya's won twice since that, and that was like six, seven years ago. Like, it, it, Ronda Rousey seemed like she was fighting what I've called stepping stones. I told you, dude. She was the best of a bad situation. She was in the fight game, the women's fight game, early, and it wasn't developed yet. Now it's developed, and you got some fucking killers out there. Speaking of... Ah! Well, we'll talk about Robert Whitt- Whitaker and Paulo Costa at middleweight. That's coming up. It's easily a number one contender fight at middleweight. Costa, Costa just got 
pecker slapped by the middleweight champion, uh, Israel Adesanya, this past summer. Like, dude, it was fuck. Izzy put on a master class that night. It was great. Izzy knocked him out, got on top of him, punched him in the face. While he was punching him in the face, you got to look up the thing later. Punching him in the face, knocks him out, Costas in the fetal position, Izzy's on top of him, behind him, starts dry humping him after the fucking ref calls the fight off. Love it. This dude is a showman. Izzy, I know, I know this is going to sound fucking insane. Anderson Silva, one of the best of all time. Kind of tarnished his career towards the end because he just kept fighting. Didn't Anderson Silva break his leg on a leg kick? Yeah, Chris Weidman. Yeah, okay, I remember that. That one I remember because that one was everywhere, and I remember actually almost throwing up seeing that. Silva, like I said, kind of tarnished it towards the end because he just kept fighting, kept fighting. And it wasn't bums. He was fighting top dogs. But Izzy's closing in, closing in. Maybe he might end up the middleweight goat, dude. He's so good. And you know what? One of his fights maybe was competitive. Nah, I'd say two. His Gastelum fight was a fucking war. But Whitaker, Costa, it's going to be a, probably a fight night main event. Whitaker, former fucking middleweight champ. He, he's been in wars with Romero. Another dude. Another dude. Izzy made him look foolish. Foolish. But the thing with Whitaker was the first round, he got a couple strikes in. I think he just kind of lost the game plan. And Izzy just knocked him out. Knocked him out stiff, okay. too. And the thing is, Costa, Costa just didn't fucking do anything against Izzy. It was like, he was so tentative. And know what's funny? Izzy would throw a leg kick and Costa would sit there and showboat. like. But then he played his hand because he was showboating. He was showboating. Then Izzy hit him. Hit him with a jab and he wasn't showboating. So Izzy's like, I got it. It was just weird. It was just stupid. And then for months, he kept saying, sign the contract, sign the contract. Izzy's like, bro. There's no fucking contract, dude. Like, they're not going to give you a rematch, guy. Like, you just lost, like, terribly. It wasn't a fight. Okay. That's coming up. We got another fight now. Brandon Moreno, Davidson Figueredo. Oof. They fought for the flyweight title before. End of the year last year. War. Absolute war. Ended up being a draw. I thought Figueredo won the fight, clearly. But these Figueredo was landing bombs on Moreno. But Moreno, like I said before, he's got that Mexican fighter mentality. He was not getting knocked out. Now, is, he, is he just a natural boxer? They're both. They, they, no, he's a great BJJ guy. He actually won a few months ago in a BJJ uh, wrestling match and tapped the guy out. Really? He's good. Moreno's good, but Figueredo, Figueredo could be the new guy in the flyweight division. Here's the thing. This might sound fucked up, but, like, Figueredo's problem is, I think, kind of the same thing we had with Anderson Silva. Silva was unbelievable in the cage. Unbelievable. But, like, dude, they couldn't market him as well as they could other dudes because they never learned English. And I know that sounds fucked up in this day and age. But, dude, when you can't give interviews, when you can't do this. Same with Jose Aldo. Never learned English, really. That's why you guys weren't marketable. And I'm, I'm tr like I said, I'm trying not to sound like a dick here, but it's the truth. I'm not the first one to say it. Well, that's the thing is the UFC is a prominently uh, United States company. Right. Its viewership is prominently American. Right. And the most prominently spoken language in the United States is English. And the thing with Silva was it's... Like, he speaks English, but not good. Like... And the thing is, it's like, you never tried to learn it, dude. Like, the thing is, like... And this is going back to the NHL. The league basically made Ovechkin learn English when he didn't want to. Right. But he had to. 
because he was the most marketable player. The UFC, and it's fucked up for me to say this because this is a world world game. I think if you want to fight in the UFC, at least be able to give an interview. I mean, it's not even that, dude. Like, whatever, dude. First couple fights in the UFC, one thing, dude. But, like, you yeah. were in the UFC for how long? Exactly. And you didn't bother to try to learn English? I mean, and I respect And there's it. literally, I, like I said, Jose Aldo. There's no other champions that never learned English. I, I respect where you want to spend more time in the gym. Mm-hmm. And I respect where you want to work on your craft. But there's more aspects to sports. Well, that's why, like I said, is he so goddamn marketable? Dude? So goddamn marketable. He's funny as fuck. Good-looking kid. Kid, he's like 32 years old. But, like, he, and he's just good. He's just fucking good, dude. Now. Now we get to the real talk, Ed. Okay. UFC 259 this weekend. Right. Three title fights. Damn. I can't fucking wait. We're going to talk with the first title fight on the card. We're at Bantamweight. Peter Yan versus... My guy, Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling, little do you know, All-American Division Three wrestler at Cortland. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, good for him. Awesome, dude. Finally got the title fight. I, I personally think he fought Corey Sandhagen his last fight. That should have been an interim Bantamweight title. But it wasn't. Finally gets Peter Yan. And honestly, from what I saw of Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo, I think Aljo could be either of these two guys. And... Aljo's always going to be my boy because the first Palooza we ever did, he donated signed pictures, he donated shirts, cool as shit, good dude. Mad Sarah guy from New York, like, or for, I think it's the island, Long Island. I don't know, dude, this is a toss-up. And I, I normally don't root. I'm rooting for Aljo. I have to. The dude's just a good dude. He's good funny. Guy. His nickname's the Funk Master. Like, he is the human backpack, dude. If Aljo can implement his game plan and get on top of Peter Yan... Wrestle him, take him. Dude, it's a fucking good night at the office for Aljo. But, fights stay standing. It's a bad night for Aljo because Peter Yan is scary. So, Peter Yan is more of a stand up fighter. Mm -hmm. While Jose Aljo. Nope, Aljamine Sterling. Oh, Aljamine Sterling. He's learning, guys. He's learning. Aljamine Sterling is more of a on the ground. Right. And that's the funny thing. You say that because Aljo beat. Uh, Pedro Munoz before. And literally, he outstruck him the whole time. Wasn't the prettiest, but he outstruck him. Can he do that against Peter Yan? No, I don't think so. Well, in a title fight, and from my perspective, the only way you're going to win is if you make it your game. Right. And that's the same thing that goes with any sort of championship. Super Bowl, Stanley Cup, World mm -hmm. Series. Not so much the World Series, but like, you know, the NBA, the NBA championship... If you don't play your game, if you're trying to keep up with your opponent, you already lost. Right, and that's the thing we're going to learn really early because Aljo's going to try to implement his game plan early. Well, and Aljo's no joke, dude. People are sleeping on him. Like, his best interview was after his win against Sanhag, and he told Peter Yan, he's like, hey, he's like, you better win tonight because I'm coming for that ass. Actually, at first he said, I'm coming in that ass, which wasn't a great look for him. You know what? That might be the best look for him. But I'm, Aljo's my guy. He's been my guy for a long time. Well, you know, donated to Tarkapalooza. He's a great dude. He's a good Seems dude. And like he, not only did he guy. donate, but he, like, put it on his Instagram story and called us out. It was cool as shit. He's a good dude. Uh, he's just a good guy. He's got a great story, too. Like I said, Peter Yan's no fucking joke. He, 
he if he can win this fight, he might end up being one of the best bantamweights we've ever seen. Still young, 27 years old. If he can keep it on the feet with Aljo, it's going to be bad. You because Peter Young throws absolute fucking bombs, and he will come for his head. You know what? I think I'm going to call out Aljo right now to put us back on his story and get on the podcast. I tried before when I started a podcast before. He said I got to go through his manager now. You know what? I think we should. I could try. I, You know, it doesn't hurt. You could always throw out there. He still answers my Instagram sometimes. Hey, there you go. I mean, like I said, we're, we're I'm Team Aljo over here from the Red Corner. We're moving on to the next fight again. We're going to Amanda Nunez. Okay. She's got Megan Anderson. She's New Zealand, Australian, New Zealand, one of them. Anderson's been the girl that we've been talking about forever. Like, she needs Nunez. She needs Nunez. She hasn't been that great in the UFC, though. She fought Holly Holm at first, and Holly Holm beat her at her own game. She fucking wrestled her. She beat her down. She lost to Felicia Spencer, too. Wrestler, wrestler. Can she stand with Nunez? I don't know, dude. So the, the this New Zealand or down under girl, mm-hmm. she's uh, she's from she's a, she's on the ground. She's a wrestler. I, I I always thought so, but lately she's been popping chicks. She can it, her thing is she's tall. She's very rangy, and she, if she can, she could utilize that range. If she can somehow keep Nunes at distance, which like I said, it's a very long stretch for somehow she might be able to squeak out a win, but I don't know, dude. And yeah. honestly, you know what kind of sucks? You you think of Nunez, you think... She's speedy, from what I've seen. Yes, but my thing is, what's she going to do after Megan Anderson? What else does she have to prove? She's still young. She's, she just had a kid with her partner, uh, Nina Ansaroff. She's a fighter in the UFC. Um, Did they adopt her? No, they uh, artificially inseminated. She uh, Ansaroff had the kid. Oh. Yeah, it's awesome, awesome, good stuff. They're two great people. Well, to me, that just seems like one thing right there that she has to fight for now. Well, and here's the, the thing. Up. Here's the thing, though. It Nunez, like I said, she's got nothing left to prove. She's the champ at 135. She's champ at 145. She fucking killed Chris Cyborg. She ended Ronda Rousey's career. She's knocked out all these girls. Like, and I'm not maybe once or twice she went to five rounds. Like, she's a fucking dog, dude. She's an animal. I. If this, if this Australian girl mm-hmm. can keep Nunez at bay with her reach, I see it going five rounds. Cause that's a tough hill to climb. Is reach very, you know. But, like I said, she's probably got a decent reach on her. And you know what? Mika Anderson actually got slack from Courtney or Courtney, Casey Kenny. He's actually fighting on this card too. He's a bantamweight. He made a pretty fucking lewd comment about her about how like. Oh, if I was wasted, maybe I'd take her. I was really weird. But, like, look her up on Instagram. She ain't bad looking. She's a cute girl for being, like, all tatted up and shit. I mean. But, yeah, it was a douche move by Casey Kenny. Yeah. Um. Again, I guess if we make predictions, I'm going Nunez. Yeah, I mean. Nunez and, we'll, we'll give Anderson the benefit of the doubt, Nunez and three. Um, I don't like making predictions a lot, but I, it's tough not to with this fight. Like, it's just, she's just so goddamn good, dude. Yeah, like it, it, I can't turn on a highlight package without seeing it. And I think I think this fight is at 145 actually, because Megan Anderson. It's one of the reasons we brought her over. We the UFC brought her over. She was supposed to fight Cyborg for 145, and she had a lot of shit going on like visa issues and this and that. And then she got knocked out by Amanda Nunes at Chris Cyborg. So that never went. She's from Australia. <laughs> yeah. She I, is tall, dude. Yeah, she she's lanky. How tall is she? She's like five times. 
Six. Six foot tall, dude. That's Six huge. That's huge. That's huge, man. That's a big. That's big. But you know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw out a, a wild card here. I'm gonna say Megan Anderson's gonna win the decision. I can see it, but I don't know how likely it is. I don't think it's likely, but I want to see that happen. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think it'd be cool to see that happen because it's almost like, oh, Nunez now has something to fight for. She wants her belt back. Yeah. And honestly, I think that extra wingspan on Anderson's gonna be just a little bit too tough if Nunez can. Maybe get inside that I could see Nunez winning. It, it but might be a boring title win, but it might be a title win. Yeah. Are you are you gonna tell your fucking kids when you get older you won a boring title fight against Amanda Nunez? No. No, but you're gonna tell them you won the fucking title for Amanda Nunez. Yeah. By no means am I counting out Megan Anderson. Like again, she's a dog. I don't know. She's I'm in not the even, title fight for a reason. I'm not even sure if. If if Nunes can knock her out, because I don't know if Anderson's knock knockoutable, if that's a word. Is that a word? I I would say no, but let's run with it. Yeah. Um, that's all I have for that fight. But let's get to why we're here. Israel Adesanya moving up from middleweight, light heavyweight, challenging for the title. Jan Blahovich. I don't like this. It's kind of cool finally to see someone besides DC and John Jones at light heavyweight holding the belt. But then you fucking put Blahovich against Izzy in the first your first fucking fight. But on the other hand, who the fuck else is he gonna fight at light heavyweight? The light heavyweight division's so shallow now, so shallow. And I think Izzy can win because he's kickboxed at heavyweight before, so this is nothing for him. Yeah. And if he has power like he did at middleweight, this is gonna be an easy night at the office for him. But if Blahovich can catch him with some of that fucking Polish power. Might be a short night at the office for him, too. I can't see. I think it depends on what kind of fight Izzy wants to fight. If Izzy wants to fight one of those slow, methodical-paced fights, we can see a five-round fight. If he can... Izzy likes to pick his spots. He's not coming in with a flurry, you know what I mean? But if... I can also see Blahovich coming in with a flurry, maybe clipping him or maybe getting clipped. It all depends. I don't... It's, it, it's going to be awesome. It, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be cool... To see Blahovich finally get that big name. He's been in the UFC for a while, dude. Finally got the belt. Super awesome. I don't know. Izzy, Izzy's a tough out, though, man. I haven't... I've seen Izzy get pounded, dude. But light heavyweight's a different beast in middleweight. Yeah. We're going to see. We're going to see. This fight card's easily... It's, it's only... What's it? March? Yeah. This is the best fight card of the year so far. Not even close. It might be the best fight card of the year altogether. Um, well, we're not going to see another Connor fight for a couple more years. Another what? A couple more years. Who? Connor. No. We're not going to see. Connor wants to fight three times this year. Is it going to happen? I don't know. Well, that's the thing. It's like, how often do these fighters fight a year? Well, what did I say to you about the UFC? Connor wants to stay active. And I think that's one of the reasons he looked. I don't think. Before he got knocked out, I don't think Connor looked bad. But ring rust, ring inactivity isn't good. <coughs> yeah, and that's. That's the thing. It's like, you see... And Poirier's been fighting all the time. Yeah. So, like, we'll take Poirier, because you said you just said he, he's fighting all the time. Mm -hmm. I see other athletes, NFL 16 games a year, NHL 82, NBA 82. How often do MMA fighters realistically fight? Let's take a mid-card well, UFC year, fighter. Mid-card? Kevin Holland fought five times last year. Five, five and times. Oh. Five and oh, but that's very rare. It's only happened... 
Three times, I think. So he fought five times last year. So that's every two months he fought. Right. Which is well, you know, it's funny. He actually started that fight streak in like April. <clears throat> so he fought a lot last year and won every fucking fight. Realistically speaking, here, what kind of damage is he looking at and his? body for the rest of his career fighting last fight year the way he fighted fighted jesus christ oh. the way he fighted the way he fought last year not much because he was a dog so like his longevity is still going to be good yeah 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 i I, I think the question you're asking is how many times do we see the top dogs fight yeah max two years two times a year two times Maybe. a year look at what's his name steve he's the heavyweight champ he's literally fought once a year like the past three four years so like look at Khabib. Khabib's one of the greatest of all time. And he was he's 29 and 0. He fought once every year. Hopefully he fought once every year, you know what I mean? A lot of these guys don't fight a lot. They, as far as title challengers and contenders that fight a lot, I'd say probably Max Holloway when he was the champ. He's a he's a beast. He he showed he still got it. He's easily next up for the featherweight title even though he's lost to Vol- Volkanovski twice. Razor thing decisions. You could have called them for Holloway either one. But he's probably the only top dog who fights that much. And it sucks because, like, like I said, dudes like Connor, you can tell he wants to fight. Like, he wants to fight. Yeah. But the UFC is just not getting him a fucking fight. Like, I just don't understand what's happening. Like, to me, it just it confuses me that these players who, or these fighters who everyone wants to see, I understand why they want to put them out there a minimal amount of times to save their longevity to make and to make their pay-per-views skyrocket because everyone wants to watch it. I understand that aspect. Mm-hmm. But don't you also want them out there making you a little bit more money? Yeah, Maybe but one more fight a year. Like, like you said, you talk longevity, but what's going to happen? Look at Stipe. Like I said, he's fought once a year. What's going to happen if he defends the title two, three more times? He's what, 40 years old? He's yeah. going to be 40 years old by the end of this. Yeah. But, like, dude, well, it's like Dana White said about Khabib, how he retired, and he keeps, like, trying to coax him back, coax him back. He's like, don't you guys want to see Khabib come back? Of course I do. But, like Dana said before, talking about retirement, he's like, once you talk about retirement, that's it, dude. Your foot's out the door. Yeah. And Khabib's that guy, dude. He doesn't need a lot of money to be happy. Yeah. You know, which people don't know, or people probably wouldn't know, Khabib's got a lot of fucking money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but is he? Is he? We'll go back to Izzy and Jan. Is he? Is he? Is he fights a lot? He fights a lot, two three times a year. Um, he's another one. He's just a beast. A lot of these guys go camps. You get injuries. You get this. You get that. You get this. Look at. We'll move on from the main event. I got. I got. I'm actually taking Izzy in five rounds. I think it's gonna be. You might see a dog fight, but you might actually just see a fight where Izzy just kicks the shit out of Lohovich's leg. All fight and wins the decision easily. Who knows? And that's why we watch. We got... There's there's a ton of fights on this card, dude. What's his name? Fucking Dominic Cruz. Like I said, it's fighting Casey Kenny of Bantamweight. Cruz, Cruz is another dude. His luck is so terrible, dude. He's always... He's blown out both his ACLs. A couple times. And he's coming back. So this is probably a quick turnaround for him. He fought last year. You don't see Dominic Cruz fight this many times. And hopefully he beats, like I said, Casey Kenny. He seems like a douchebag. Hopefully he fucking beats him down. Goes old Dominic Cruz. We got fucking Islam Makachev versus Drew Dober. Drew Dober's just finally gets a big fight. Makachev's a beast. Dober's just a handsome looking fuck, dude. You look him up. He 
seems like kind of a tool bag, but he seems like a nice guy at the same time. It's weird to say. Um, you got Tiago Santos versus uh, Rakic. Rakic, that, that might, another fight at light heavyweight that finally maybe we can get this division going because it's two absolute animal, two top guys at light heavyweight fighting on the same card as light heavyweight title. And I think that's kind of what they're trying to do is maybe build that division. They're like, hey, here's two top five, six guys. They're fighting too, so maybe one of these guys will get the next title shot. We got, and the other one, I hate to see it. We got Joseph Benavidez versus a fucking, I don't know his first name, Askarov. Askarov's a young Dagestani fighter. Benavidez is an old veteran. And I think it's just one of those things where it's like, we're sending him out to slaughter. And I don't like seeing that with these dudes. Would it be sending him out to slaughter or would it be passing the torch? No, I think it's sending him out to slaughter. Because Askarov's, he's, he's nasty. He is nasty. And I don't know if Benavidez fought for the flyweight title twice last year and Figueredo knocked him out and choked him out. Like, and it wasn't very close. And I don't know how much more time. And it sucks to see Benavidez because he's that guy who's been right there, right there to the flyweight title. Could never get it. Could never get it. And then you thought last year, finally time, finally time. No, just couldn't get it. This could sucks. Be. Sucks. Because Joseph's a good dude. His wife is a uh, announcer, Megan Olivi. Smoking hot, one of the hottest women I've ever seen in my life. Um, I don't know what that has to do with anything. I'm just trying to. You're just making conversation. Get the facts straight. <laughs> but yeah, dude, this fight card's gonna be awesome this weekend. Two fifty nine. That's all I got for this week. I got hopefully some news for you guys next week. I might have an interview coming up Monday. We'll see. I'll let you know this week. I'm starting the Instagram page this week. It's probably hopefully if it's not taken yet. It's just gonna be from the red corner on Instagram. Or maybe from the Red Corner Podcast on Instagram. I'll let you know. We'll keep you updated. Keep subscribing to the-tailgate.com. Keep looking out for our other podcasts. The Happy Hour on Fridays, which is just Ed and I sitting there having a beer, shooting the shit about the week in sports. We got On Thin Ice this week. We got an interview coming on Thin Ice. I'm not going to tell you who it is because he's not a big name. But he's going to provide us with an interesting perspective on college hockey. And we're going to just tell some stories, too. That's, like, another thing is, like, we, we both have a similar coach. So I want to get I want to hear some stories about him from the college perspective. This is Ed plugging his own podcast because yes. that's what he does. Yes. Um, but, yeah, that's it, guys. I'll see you next week. Don't forget, 259 this week, three title fights, all awesome title fights. Watch it. Let me know what you think. Come at me. Aljo, new Bantamweight champ. Let's go. See you guys next week. And also, don't forget to check us out on v-tailgate. I literally just said that. Hey, I got to plug it too. I just said it two seconds ago, guys. You see the fucking shit I deal with? (laughs) Have a good week, guys. Jesus Christ.